Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio, sponsored by All Metals and Forge Group, a manufacturer of seamless rolled rings and open die forgings, which you can find at steelforge.com, S-T-E-E-L-F-O-R-G-E.com. And today, Lou, you and I are going to be talking with Norbert Orr, who always takes us on a journey around the world to look at the other purchasing managers' indexes that he follows to see how is the rest of the world doing, particularly right now, how is the rest of the world doing with COVID-19? Well, I would think that um, Mr. Norbert Orr is going to give us uh, the inside poop, but um, from what I'm hearing around the world, we got a problem. <laughs> yes. Norbert, so, tell us how big of a problem. Okay, well, uh, I'm probably going to be, uh, uh, last month uh, uh, there were a lot of concerns and so on, and there's still many, many concerns, don't get me wrong, but I think it's a little more positive this month. Uh, uh, Thankfully, both our economy and the global economy tend to to be pretty pretty, uh, uh, strong in terms of resiliency and so on, so We'll talk about that. Uh, the first thing I, I, I wanted to comment on is uh, two months ago, uh, we uh, said this has got to be the bottom. And uh, the bottom simply means that we hit the, uh, that point at which the uh, rate of decline gets to where it's break-even, in other words, uh, that the economy has stopped declining, then the next phase is when it starts to grow. And that's usually within a a one- or two-month period for that. And so uh, we called the bottom in uh, March, and uh, or in in April, I'm sorry. We, we, uh, let me get my months straight. We, we called the bottom in March, and said uh, this has got to be the bottom. It's got to be the fastest rate of decline that we'll see, and that is indeed proven to be the case. Well, that wasn't a very difficult call to make because new orders, production, and employment. The indexes, anything below 50, as you know, is is a decline. But those three indexes were all in the mid to high 20s, which means we were in a very phase of very rapid decline uh, on a month-over-month basis. Uh, and so to say, okay, this looks like the bottom, uh, it wasn't too difficult. I also knew that that's the three uh, that's the lowest that those three indexes have ever been collectively, and so uh, it was fairly easy to look at and, and see where we're going. Uh, and so we made our way back from that, uh, and uh, now we're looking at uh, uh, those indexes are all coming up. 
uh, and what we're seeing is getting near the the midpoint where we have gotten to where the decline has stopped, and so we can at least start to talk about okay, uh, what's the next phase that we're going to see, and, and that really is uh, the beginning of a growth phase. Now, this month we hit uh, right right at uh, around. Uh, 45, let me see, i got to get my chart up here. This month we're looking at uh, numbers that are much more uh, aggressive. Uh, ISM manufacturing is at 45.4, I mean at 41.5. Okay, I'm dysfunctional this afternoon, guys. ISM manufacturing is at 43.1, and non-manufacturing is at 45.4. Uh, while those are not those are not growth, and it's indicating the continuing rate that the rate of decline is continuing to to uh, to change, and change in the right direction. Now, typically, when we hit this level, we're looking at probably another three to five months before we start to see uh, growth consistently. We might go next month uh, above 50, indicating a little bit of growth. Um, We might bounce back, but uh, we're definitely on the right track in the U.S. for those things to start to happen. So uh, that's the positive. I think we're through the worst of it. Uh, And remember, manufacturing is a leading indicator. So that uh, manufacturing responds to this quicker. Non-manufacturing is a coincident indicator, and so it tends to follow. Uh, In this recovery, non-manufacturing, I think, will get back up to whatever level of demand that there is uh, fairly quick. Non-manufacturing is going to be where the problem is because that's where all of those jobs that we've lost are situated. And so it's going to be difficult to get um, uh, those people back to work uh, in the services sector. Uh, You know, how many restaurants uh, are are going to go out of business or are already out of business? Uh, those types of, of, of uh, you know, uh, of uh, or organizations and so on, uh, and you have uh, other service-related businesses. Now, some of those have done have weathered uh, the storm really well with the downturn, but others are, are struggling and uh, uh, and just probably won't come back. Uh, so, you know, plus we had the policy error that uh, they came in with uh, uh, subsidizing payrolls and so on, and the, the, what is it, $600 a week uh, in addition to unemployment uh, right. that really has discouraged people from taking jobs. And so that's that's going to be difficult for us to overcome. Uh, so if we look at the U.S. Is, is stabilizing and starting to come back, how deep, how 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 strong that is, we'll, we'll just have to see uh, how how 
well. Uh, we manage it. Uh, you know, the, the, many of the small businesses are marginally profit uh, oriented anyway, so it's a, a difficult time for for them. So it's been, we then try to look globally at what's going on. Well, can uh, I interrupt you? Can I interrupt you for sure. a moment, Norbert? Uh, let's stick in the United States just for a minute. Uh, as you know, uh, All Metals and Forge Group is a uh, uh, forging supplier to uh, heavy industry and multiple industries, oil, gas, aerospace, and so on. And one of the things that we're hearing, uh, and, and of course we've been uh, hit uh, like everybody else in terms of new orders and so on, and there's there's a thing going on. I, I call it the customer hasn't given me the order yet, and that's the that's the byword that we're hearing. We're, we've gotten a lot of promises from a lot of our manufacturing companies who are uh, ongoing customers, long-term customers, and some new customers, and they say, well, you know, we used your price, uh, we got the order. Uh, we just haven't gotten the hard copy yet, and we can't place the order yet. And I, I can't tell you how many of there, how many of those there are. So there seems to be a reluctance from the major customers who are resistant to put their signature on the dotted line uh, or whatever and however many different reasons they have. So uh, that's, a, that's a bit of a concern uh, that we have, is that we're hearing that for the last two months. And, uh, and it seems to be carrying forward for the month of June as well. So uh, I just wanted to tell you what we're hearing, you know, on the ground. Yeah, that's great. Great feedback, Lou. Uh, and what what I would say is, uh, again, trying to relate it to the survey work that I do, uh, we, we see that uh, supplier deliveries have become very extended. Uh, this month they were 68. Last month they were 76. And so, uh, to me. That's built, uh, built around a lot of confusion. Normally, if supplier deliveries are extended, I would expect that to be a sign of a, a more of a booming economy. We know we're not booming, right? <laughs> and so not even I, close. I think you have to look for the other answer, which is, hey, things are so confused in the supply chain uh, people don't know whether they've got enough employees to, to fill out their shifts. Uh, they don't know what their uh, product mix ought to be coming back. Uh, if, if you look at, uh, you know, I don't know how many restaurants are going to be open, but that's got to go through an extensive stocking effort because you know every one of them tried to get rid of anything that wouldn't freeze. Uh, they were going to get rid of. So right. I, I think there is just mass confusion. I, I agree with you. And, and, and that's what I'm experiencing. That's what we're experiencing with regards to uh, the metal supply chain. People are confused as to 
should I do it? Should I not do it? When should I do it? How could I do it? Uh, do I have enough employees? Uh, do I bring them back? Uh, it, it's a very difficult time. It's a very confusing time. Yeah, you know, and uh, most of these restaurants, etc., the and, and small businesses in general, uh, they don't have uh, a, a lot of excess inventory of staff. It's not like they 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 can shift. Uh, you know, I think the, one of the most absurd things I've heard is, well, the restaurant can open, but they can only open at 25% of capacity. Right. And uh, I don't think a restaurant could uh, open with 25% of capacity uh, even if they gave away meals free to their customers. The number that I've heard is that the restaurant business needs to have an 80% uh, capacity to make a profit. So here in New Jersey, they just opened the restaurants uh, today for outside dining, meaning in the parking lot uh, or out on the sidewalk. And uh, the point being that they can only have a 50% capacity. So does that mean that they just lose less, or are they going to lose more? They were just waiting for the snow to melt, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you, you can't. Uh, you you know, every business, and, and one of the things in my career that I've had an opportunity to do is explore what the margins are in various businesses. And, and what's the, what is the break-even point for that business? And right. I, I've, if you find one that the break-even point is 25%, invest in it. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a dozen. You, know, uh, you, you want in on that because uh, uh, that is, you know, that's so low. You, you know, uh, I do things like uh, uh, look at Home Depot. Home Depot has a uh, 30, 33% gross margin. And so uh, if, if they shut down one of their stores, and you, you have to realize, you know, they let the big box stores stay open. Uh, and uh, I hate to see them uh, show favoritism, but those stores are so big, you know, a, a Costco or a Home Depot or a Lowe's, generally every time they open a new store, that adds about $100 million to sales. Amazing number. So you, you, you would appreciate that. Yeah. It, it yeah. takes a lot to get $100 million worth of new sales. And they they have a model where they can move in and, uh, and do that. Uh, and so we, we we need to pay attention to those economics. Uh, there's people sure. surviving uh, because their landlords have been good about waiving rent. Uh, I talked to one person that I know as part of a bar in New York City, and they're uh, paying $20,000 a month for rent, and the landlord dropped it to 10000 Well, if you're not open... <laughs> It doesn't matter whether you rent twenty thousand or ten thousand. That's right. Uh, that's right. You only 
lost 10,000 less. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, you you you'll uh, just have that much less you have to worry about in bankruptcy court. That's uh, right. That's right. From that, so th- those I think th- those are things that will straighten themselves out in the next sixty days. All right, we're going to quote you on that. You, you can so. you can do that. So, so far, I, so far, I haven't missed on any of these. Uh, and I, I think you'll see that uh, things start to iron their way out. Uh, I look at things like which industries are coming back and how far are they coming back and, and that type of thing. And so I feel pretty confident that over the next 60 days, you'll see that start to sort itself out. Well, that's, uh, that's good to hear, and I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. So let's hear what's going on around the world. Okay. Just ra- rather... Uh, rather start with Asia. Uh, we do a scattergram each month that you guys are familiar with. Sure. Of where uh, the growth is. Well, there were only this month, only two countries, or I mean only two uh, surveys that were uh, above 50. And that was uh, both China surveys. Uh, now, Which one do we believe? Uh, well, <laughs> the ones at 49.6, and the other was uh, one was at 49.6, and, and the other was at 49.8. So very close together, but it right. sure, sure makes you wonder when you think about uh, China not getting hit any worse by this virus than they did. Though they say there may be a second wave in China now. Uh, but for, for them, uh, they they, uh, they have a lot uh, uh, going on. There's also a, a discussion now. Uh, you know, we've been talking about here domestically uh, relationship and future relationship with China and where, you know, uh, how much business are we going to do with them. Well, while we've been having that discussion internally here in the U.S., the Chinese are also having that same discussion, uh, saying that uh, they they have what they call the red supply chain and the blue supply chain. The blue supply chain would be where they are presently or have been in recent times, where they're using subcontracting from other countries, suppliers from other countries, and so on. And they want to get to the red supply chain, which is one where they become much more self-sufficient themselves. And they particularly have Taiwan in mind, because Taiwan is so strong in semiconductors. China does not want to be friends with Taiwan. They they want to continue to be an antagonist. And so the uh, uh, the red supply chain is to offset Taiwan, Vietnam, others to where China starts to do more internally. Uh, so uh, they're they're just going to hurt themselves probably in the long run because. They can't just isolate us. They've got to isolate Taiwan. They've got to isolate Singapore, Myanmar, uh, Vietnam, etc. So 
there, there's going to be a lot of upheaval taking place in the supply chain as we head toward the, the end of the year. Be interesting. Not, even, not even to mention the issues that are going on in Hong Kong. Uh, that, exactly. And that's a, a completely different issue that uh, needs to be dealt with. So anyway, we saw that China uh, is kind of the contrarian. Uh, they're uh, at or above the midpoint. Uh, they've recovered better than the rest of the globe. They had a one-month recession, which there is no such thing as a one-month recession. But, but <laughs> right. They had a huge dip of 20 points, uh, and both of their surveys showed that. Uh, then uh, we look at the, the rest of the surveys that we cover, and uh, though there were 18 that uh, were at or, or rising, uh, 12 had reversed direction from the month before. So we're seeing the others, the rate, of, the rate of change is slowing in many of the other countries that we follow from that. Uh, the Eurozone is, is going to take a while to get uh, get things straightened out. They have, uh, as much as I like the idea that uh, the UK broke away from the European Union, as uh, much as I like that, the timing couldn't be worse. And right. So they, they've got the, the, the situation of uh, trade between those countries and then trying to, to keep as much domestic demand as, as they possibly can uh, for that. So the Eurozone countries registered a combined 39.4 in May, and Germany was at 36.6. I point that out because Germany is the is kind of the lead dog uh, on that uh, on that sled team. Uh, they need Germany to be stronger than the rest of the countries, and in this case, the Germany is. Uh, uh, three points below the average for that. So the Eurozone has now failed to grow for 16 consecutive months. So this was a bad time for them, and we're not going to see a lot of relief, uh, I'm afraid, from uh, from that. So let me talk a little bit about uh, some of the other places, some, some of the other data that we've seen. Uh, in the U.S., uh, we see that Milwaukee uh, has picked up. Uh, Milwaukee went from 35.7 to 43.7, eight-point improvement, and that's good because uh, Milwaukee is about durable goods, and so it indicates that maybe they're not recovering completely in durable goods, but they're at least headed in the right direction for that. Uh, the Houston area is really struggling because of the oil patch. And their index came in at 40.2 this past month. It was up from 34.6. So it's looking a little bit better, but uh, it's still not, not where they need to be. Now, uh, today, 
the Empire State Survey came out, which is the New York area, uh, state of New York more so than the city. And uh, that came out, and I, I do my own BMI uh, for that, and it came out at 50. Wow. And that's manufacturing in that region, Lou. Go Cuomo. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that may be an in spite of number. Uh, <laughs> but, but it, you know, what it says is 50 means the rate of decline is bottom. Right. And so everything now we should see hopefully will be uh, close to the 50 mark and, and above as we move forward. Uh, the Chicago area came in at 32.3, and that was a plus for them uh, compared to where they, uh, what they've been doing. Uh, but uh, again, uh, they're 32.3, probably hit bottom this time around. The, uh, the Dallas does better than Houston, but Dallas is still struggling at 41.1. Uh, as we, you know, Canada, which follows us, and I know you have uh, clientele. Uh, sure. 40.6, but it was up from 33. And Canada always lags behind the U.S. Uh, if we're moving Correct. in a positive direction, Canada will be there within a month or two behind. Right. <clears throat> so, you know, we look pretty good there. Uh, the uh, Oh, by the way, Japan came in at 38.4, which is on the soft side. But Japan has already made the same declarations with regard to not doing business with China that we have. And they've just said it has been a terrible relationship. It's terrible to deal with. You can't count on uh, them to, to deal forthrightly. And so they're, they're going to move their supply chain and move as much out of China as they can. That won't be a complete... I don't think Plus they be don't a, like them from from a historic standpoint. Yeah, they did. They did fight a major war. Again. They did, and uh, so there, there's certainly some of that. Uh, uh, but but that's a plus. Uh, and I, I think you're going to see uh, the rest of the world kind of. Uh, I think it would be a mistake to try to uh, have a. A program where everybody unites against China. I think they just need to uh, take care of their. Uh, we need to take care of our markets. We need to make sure we're manufacturing the things in the United States that we need to have control over. And uh, we'll see a shift in uh, uh, balance of uh, payments, et cetera, for all of this. So. Uh, that that that's a positive in my mind. Well, you know, there are things that there are things that are being produced in countries all over the world that we need because either we don't make it or we don't have the resources. Uh, take for example, rare earth elements. Uh, China supplies eighty percent of rare earth elements.
of the world. Uh, we have some here in the United States in the northern Midwest, but certainly not enough to bother mining. Uh, matter of fact, that I heard it said that the reason why we are now looking at the moon again to go to the moon is to be mining rare earth, or it's probably going to be called rare moon elements. <laughs> and uh, Elon Musk is uh, the guy who's going to become a trillionaire's trillionaire doing that. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, my my understanding is there are a lot of rare earth metals, but one of the things the Chinese did is they dropped the price to make sure that there wouldn't wasn't any competition. And so Sounds they like built, a fair method. They they, uh, <laughs> they built built out uh, uh, their capacity knowing that they, their intent was to put everybody else out of business. Also, I, I believe there was a large find of rare earth minerals in Chile. Uh, and I, I think that has potential over the long term uh, to uh, replace some capacity that China might have. Right. So in the overall, how is it looking for the global comeback against COVID-19, Norbert? I, I, I think, obviously, the worst is behind us. Uh, nobody knows, you know, will there be a second wave? Uh, I think people are generally, even if they're uh, uh, eating out, uh, whether it's outdoors or indoors or, or whatever, uh, but if if they're conscious about you know the, the real danger to me with COVID is somebody that has a a cold or uh, something that feels like the flu and doesn't recognize that they need to quarantine themselves. And well, it so, certainly isn't because they don't hear about it in uh, the news media. Right. That's all we hear. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, and, and and rightfully so. I, I think we all have the best interest in uh, trying to uh, eliminate the, the threat as much as possible. Uh, I also think the vaccine, uh, they'll make decent progress on the vaccine. We can hold all this off until you get that. If you stop and think about 330 million people, we can't vaccinate everybody anyway. There's That's no true. Way. It would take a while. You know, uh, uh, we can't even get them tested. Well, and, and uh, testing do, doesn't accomplish a lot. You know, no, it doesn't. If, if you find somebody, uh, that's great. But the next day, if if you don't find somebody today, they may change tomorrow, and you're not going to test them every day. So, I, I, the logistics of uh, getting 330 million people, uh, or even half of, of that, uh, I, I think is so difficult that I don't think you'll uh, uh, will see that. But I, I think we could hopefully. 
Uh, I heard uh, one doctor say yesterday that uh, he thought the uh, virus was weakening, uh, and they said that about the hot weather, that that might have an impact. Uh, so may, maybe that will uh, be there to help us. Well, I did hear something uh I did hear something today that the FDA has pulled uh, the medication that our president was touting as a uh, cure or a something to uh, the COVID virus. Meanwhile, the FDA says, yeah, but you get heart disease, liver disease, uh, your organs shut down. So they pulled that drug. Uh, as of today. Yeah. So, yes, uh, hydrochloroquine. Yeah, right. right. Easy for you to say. Hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> Hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Well, I, I've followed that issue fairly close, and uh, there are uh, still a lot of uh, epidemiologists that believe that that can help. The, the other thing, uh, I think. Uh, the president himself, I really believe that there were a lot of success stories of people who came forward and said, I was I was dying. I had said bye to my family. They gave me the hydroxychloroquine and uh, and the zinc or whatever it was that goes with it. And, and that, uh, that turned me around in like four days. Wow. I don't know what to believe around that. Uh, I, I have a, a, a young man that uh, worked for me here but has moved back to India. And uh, I, he and I talk every couple of weeks. And they have used hydroxychloroquine in India uh, for 40 or 50 years and never had any side effects. So that's what makes me uh, uh, wonder what's going on when all of a sudden now we have side effects, et cetera, uh, from that when uh, they've used it as a malaria drug right? very successfully. Yeah, for... No, no side effects to the, to the drug. Yeah, for ages and ages. Right. Well... Norbert, it's always interesting to get your perspective on what's happening. So um, if you want to add a quick wrap-up to what things look like going forward, we are going to be anxious to talk to you next month. Okay, uh, and I'll look forward to that also, Tim, uh, Lou. Uh, I, I would close with a comment. Uh, I've, I've been through a number of business cycles, and that's probably kind to myself. Uh, I, I, I've been through a number of business cycles, and uh, I truly believe that uh, our economic system, uh, it, it solves most of its own problems. It, it's just uh, quite often we don't want to wait long enough for it to do that. We want to be in a hurry, and we add uh, problems to that. But I truly believe that uh, we, we are on the right track. I think we can be better than we were as we come through all of this. We've got uh, new motivation and uh, uh, missions that motivate us 
whether it's the moon or whether it's pharmaceuticals or whether it's China, those are all things that motivate. And when our economy is motivated is when it's at its best. Uh, so I really think we're going uh, we're to come back. I, I think it's going to be uh, a little bit stronger than maybe uh, maybe we have reason to believe right now. Uh, a lot of it is going to be, depend on this services sector issue and how how much uh, how, how fast they can come back. Uh, but anyway, I, I think uh, come November December uh, we'll we'll be uh, through this dark patch, ready to move forward in. Uh, following year. Uh, I'll buy you a round of drinks. There you go. All right. <laughs> and thank you. We've been talking with Norbert Orr, who is on our show, our senior correspondent, uh, and he also works with Strategus uh, Research Partners. I think it's called, Norbert, what's it called now? Strategus uh, Investment? Uh, Strategus Securities. Securities, yeah. Uh, and he puts these surveys by the way, you should get a hold of Norbert if you are a manufacturer and want to participate not only in the survey, but get the two reports that get generated out of this. Uh, Norbert, would you share that email address with our listeners? Yeah, it's N-O-R-E at Strategas. That's S-T-R-A-T-E-G-A-S R-P dot com. So it's strategus and then with the RP on the end of it and uh, dot com. Thanks, Norbert. And uh, you can participate in the survey. Very simple. It's two questions. It takes you about two seconds to participate in the survey, but you get some great information out of it. And then we post a show at mfgtalkradio.com, which is where you will be able to hear this. It may already be there. Uh, along with over 400, approaching 450 shows that we have done. We may have even crested over that on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Or you can go to JMC, Jacket Media Co. JacketMediaCo.com is a parrot that has all of the other shows tucked in underneath it, so you can see a half a dozen different shows and our monthly easing Manufacturing Outlook. We encourage you to subscribe to that. And as always... Thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>